0: Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 4, Episode 3. Today is September 13th, 2019. Normally the show comes out on a Thursday, a little bit different of a week. This week with Digital Book World 2019 just wrapping up yesterday. We are very pleased to have a super special guest on the show today. We're going to talk about him in just a moment. Thank you to Microsoft, the sponsor for Season 4 of This Week in Voice. Microsoft will be speaking and a big part of Project Voice, the number one event for voice tech and AI in America coming the week after CES. That's January 13th through the 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, home of the fastest internet in the United States. For more information on that, go to projectvoice.ai. For more information on Microsoft, go to microsoft.com. We thank them for their partnership, and we thank them for all that they're doing for the technology community. Our guest today is Ramu Sankara. Ramu, say hello. Hello. Ramu, thank you for joining us. You are CEO of Allen. Thank you for being flexible in the scheduling of this show. Thank you for uh, being a guest of ours today. Take a moment, tell us who you are, tell us what Allen is,
1: tell us what you do. Hey, sure Bradley. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me on the show. You know, it's uh, great to hear the pioneering effort you guys are doing to push voice to the next level in the industry at large, right? So my name is Ramu Sinkra. I'm with a company called Allen. And uh, we named our company after Alan Turing, the famous computer scientist. And uh, the inspiration for us was uh, voice has as a primary interface is going to solve a lot of problems for a lot of people because we're all born with it. And, uh, and the motivation for us was mostly looking at business. In the last 10 years of smartphones, every company has produced business products that work on the phones but they're not so easy. They're not like Instagram where you can tap and tap and get things done, right, with one finger. Most of the applications are, are, are complex And they try to represent all the data and, you know, all the actions they want on these small screens. And the screen size is not going to increase. Just yesterday, iPhone 11 came. It's still going to be the same screen size. Uh, As such, it's very hard to remove the complexity in these applications. And voice is the best way. You can just talk to it. And when in doubt, you can ask, just like we do in our normal life, hey, what should I do here, you know? when there's any complex situation. And the AI technology should be smart enough to say that, hey, in this case, you do these things, right? And voice also uh, gives the power to keep changing these experiences very quickly, unlike the current rigid experiences provided by the smartphone applications. So this is a vision for Alan is to make voice as an integral part of every business application.
0: Excellent. It's exciting to see what you're doing. And we appreciate you joining us on the show today. Sure. With that, we'll get to the news. And story number one is from CNN. How government is using Siri and Alexa to stop spread of census misinformation. So this is an interesting one. And there's more going on in this story in my opinion, then the headline sort of lets on. What did you think, Ramu, when you read this? What was your, what was your perception of what was going on in this article, what was your takeaway?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, a couple of things here is very interesting, you know. Uh, today, voice assistants like Siri, Alexa and Google, right? Uh, they're used to get all the information some consumers want to get from their devices. And uh, CNN uh, is trying to stir up somewhat like, I would think like you know, a little bit of a uh, bit of a drama here, a little bit on the stretch, because we all get like news and information from the social networks, as well as uh, news sources like you know CNN, New York Times, you know, and, all. and uh, not many of us rely on our voice assistants on these devices to get this uh, information um so it's uh, if if this trend continues then uh, it's a responsibility of uh, apple and google and amazon to make sure the information these assistants give out to their consumers uh is accurate and is not politically biased but however at this stage i feel like you know more of us are getting information from uh, social networks and news sources, not so much from the voice assistants we use. So this is a a little bit of a stretch at this stage of the evolution of the industry. This is my uh, personal opinion. Uh, And uh, I mean, it's it's a good trend that people are going to ask uh, assistants uh, for any kind of information, including the political information about about like their constituencies or the candidates and stuff like that. It's it's
0: interesting to see because um, you know as I was saying, digital book world just wrapped up yesterday, and um, one of the things that was discussed is that with regard to voice assistants and the smart speaker ecosystems, particularly of these juggernauts, Amazon, Google, Apple and even Microsoft and Samsung, you are not the only way that you can be in control of the information that is spewed forth when somebody asks a voice assistant. If I go to Alexa right now, and I say, Alexa, what is what, what is Alan? There's a lot of people named Alan, right? The likelihood yeah, okay. of it giving information about your company is low. What What is the company named Allen? Can you tell me about a company named Allen? Um, what is the company named Allen with Ramu Sankara as a CEO? You, no control. No control over what it says about that. Uh, no control over anything about what the answer to that is. You can update Wikipedia and hope, you know, yeah. uh, and, and really where the, the – the first bit of control comes to, comes from is if you can cultivate a relationship with these folks, with Amazon and Google, and get them to do something for you, and that's actually what's exactly going on here. Um, this is um, very interesting because so far, Amazon and Google have just, when somebody's asked for information about something, they just said, "Go right on over here to Wikipedia and let them tell you what it is." Nice. They've, they've said they've said, you know, if you have a problem with it. Sorry, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> not, not our problem. This is entirely different. Where they're taking ownership of the authenticity of the information, um, in really a, a pretty unique way, um, and that that to me is pretty interesting because you wonder. Um, number one, is that going to confuse people if they get if they get you know rock solid 100 straight from the source credible information about census data um, from alexa and then when they ask about you know something else uh and they they get disinformation and it goes to wikipedia and it's wrong or something um i could see that being problematic and it really touches on just to put a punctuation mark on this and i'll, I'll get your your additional thoughts we've had two stories on this show that I mention all the time when I'm, I'm talking about this. Um, We, we had somebody, we had a story back in season one or season two of this week in voice where um, somebody asked Alexa, who is Jesus Christ? And Alexa pointed to some third party information source (laughs) and it gave information that the person didn't like. And it set off this, this uh, angry cascade of, of people being mad Uh, Not that it takes much for people to be mad. Um, Then later on, somebody else asked Alexa, who is Hillary Clinton? This is a totally separate story, a totally different season. Uh Somebody asked Alexa, Google Assistant, it was really Alexa, who is Hillary Clinton? And again, points to a third party for information, didn't like the answer, got mad. So that's been the standard until now, and this is different. So super interesting. Your closing yeah. thoughts on this.
1: It is, it is quite interesting. Like, you know, today if you go search on Google, who is uh, Jesus Christ or who is Hillary Clinton, right? Uh, they are getting smarter in trying to answer this question. And the typical search experience for us is uh, they come up with a snippet, they call it like feature snippet. Mm. And Google is trying to promote authenticity of these, this information in the last five years by picking the information from Wikipedia or uh, curating some sources saying that, okay, this is what it means. You know? And they're trying to surface that upfront in the search results. With voice, it's, it's very interesting. You had, you had another article you wanted to review in this show it's voice, the authenticity of information and the conciseness should be very precise, right? You can't be verbose, like you can't expect to, hey, these are the 10 links to look at it. When you're visually looking at it, you can say, yeah, the second one or the first one looks good, right? With voice, you want the thing to be very accurate up front, you know, and since it's very concise, you trust it more. So it's like, uh, I, th- I think it's a responsibility of uh, people like, amazon google and to make sure authenticity of information uh, is good and also it's very accurate right completely agree as they say
0: brevity is the soul of wit right so being concise uh never hurt anybody and here is pretty essential yeah no i completely agree with you uh, on all counts we'll move on to story number two which is our voicebot.ai story of the week VoiceBot.ai, I say this every single episode. If you don't know what that is, um, you know, first, just slap yourself. Second, uh, pause the podcast, uh, go to the browser, uh, look up VoiceBot.ai, um, the gold standard of information and news commentary for the voice in AI space. McDonald's acquires voice startup aprinte I believe I'm pronouncing that right, to build drive throughs with voice assistance. This is interesting as well. Um, Ramu, your thoughts uh, as you look at what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, interesting news. McDonald's uh, buying a voice AI company called Apprenti. And also, we should all thank uh, Brent for doing the voice at AI. It's, uh, it's a central place which is collecting all good information about the trends in voice and AI. So my thinking here is, uh, Bradley, uh, is McDonald's buying a technology company to start their Silicon Valley research initiatives is very good or to augment that. Uh, but I think McDonald's also realized that the voice will be an integral part of everything they do because they see that like, you know, at least the people their service, voice is a very convenient experience for them. So this is what McDonald's was thinking when this is, I'm just extrapolating from the news sources I could read that voice technologies have a far reaching impact for them. That's why they did it. So if you step back, right? I think uh, I'm uh, seeing like how smartphones have changed the world today, right? Smartphones took away the keyboard, and look at everything we do today in today's world, right? We take the phone and, you know, we're able to navigate the phone and, you know, touch and type gave us so many abilities, right? So many applications and so much content we consume through that. And voice is the next evolution. And it's much bigger potential than just uh, smartphones did. The biggest advantage voice has is like, you know, it requires zero training. Everyone can talk. As you said, Bradley, I think we're all born with it, like you know. So, my thinking is the voice will have a much bigger impact because voice will be not only the natural way we interact, but also will be uh, just beyond like any drive through experience, or it'll be the ubiquitous experience two, three years from now, where everyone will be expecting voice as a natural way they interact with either a device or a kiosk. Or like a drive through So I think this is a much farther impact than what McDonald's is trying to do now. Um, every company can benefit from it, but it's a good harbinger to say that this is a very important uh, technology trend, even for companies like McDonald's.
0: It, it is. I think there's a, a lot of interesting things. And, and this article is really good. Um, I, I really like this article. It, it hits on a lot of different, a lot of different things at once. Um, think about how far we've come. Think about, and, and you see it in the article. It's incredible. Uh, this article notes that I'm going to read from the article. According to PitchBook, Aprinte a raised four point seven five million dollars in a seed round in the summer of 2017, led by, and it lists some different venture capital firms. So that's an important part of the story right there is just how, just the velocity of the evolution of this market. Two years after raising the seed round, boom, they're gone. McDonald says, come, come on, <laughs> come, come on over. Um, you know, um, and when, and then, so that's interesting. And then when you dive deeper into the article, it talks about how some, you know, there's been some pilots already that sort of led to this. And it mentions Denver's good times, burgers and frozen custard. I don't have any clue what that is. It sounds delicious. Added a voice assistant created by Valiant AI. Um, and, uh, that worked, you know, and one thing I did know is that Sonic, Uh, made news earlier this year by announcing that they are piloting voice assistance with some of their stores. Um, It's, it's amazing. The, the commentary, and you, you noted this, um, and I completely agree with you, the commentary that it makes that these companies that deal with um, all walks of people, every, every, Every facet of the educational spectrum in this country is represented in the McDonald's and fast food consumer base, right? So to say that uh, to, to adopt a technology for these companies means everybody can use it. It really means more than that. It really means everybody should be using it, because at the point at which you know McDonald's uh, and, and companies in fast food with, with their business, they can't afford something to get messed up. They can't afford uh, you know to go out too far on a limb. Yeah, they can call you can call whatever you want a pilot, but just the the nature of their business, there's a lot at stake if they don't um, their business is down to a science. They know all this stuff. Uh, you know, they know exactly what's going to happen when they open the doors every day and, and, and all of that. And, uh, the forecasting is spot on. They, they, they know they can't, there's not that much margin for error to, to try to adopt a new technology and have it just fall on its face. So it's a huge statement of confidence in my mind for voice, um, to be, um, implemented by this sector, um, and even more than the implementation, they're saying, no, we're not just going to implement you. We're going to actually acquire companies in the space. That's how important it is. I think it's tremendous.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, would, I would add uh, to exactly the spot on what you said, right? That McDonald's serves such a diverse set of population, all the way from high school kids, all the way to adult people in all geographies of North America and world too, Right. And imagine this company has realized that the, what will be their future. they just come into the store and talk to it. Their you know, kiosk, for ordering, you know everything, right? It's so easy for them. And that's a good validation that voice has reached the stage where even a mainstream company like McDonald's wants to make it part of their daily experience for people as they enter their stores, right? The second thing that is really reassuring is that McDonald's is a store, their menu keeps changing and, you know, uh, and the menu is slightly different in different parts of the country, right? So the voice in technology, like, you know, Big Mac or whatever, all these words they come up with, right, for their uh, uh, menu items, voice is able to, the AI technologies are able to recognize all these words correctly and let people order what they want, like, you know, you know, um, in a noisy environment, like you know, drive through, you know, where you're driving by, and you know, there's a lot of noise around it, right? So that's the second part of the of the evolution of technology, saying that yeah, it's ready to go prime time.
0: Spot on, yeah, com- com- total and complete
1: concurrence. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, will they take it? Uh, into the- McDonald's also operates in different parts of the world too, right? Sure. Uh, I was like trying to see, like, will they plan to do this something like this all over the globe? Is that their ambition, or is this a starting with North America?
0: I think the the um, obviously they're going to start in North America. Um, that's where this company, I believe, that's where this company is based. Let me confirm that. Did um, uh, we check too? Uh, yeah, they're based in, they're based in the United States. Um, I just assumed that, and and that was dangerous, but that is true. So, you know, to me, the fact that they, you know, have full-on acquired the company um, suggests that it's a, it's a longer-term play. And, you know, McDonald's, um, just the thing about McDonald's business uh, is that they, um, there's parts of their business that are the same across everywhere. And then there's certain things that they try to localize. Um, on their menu and with their service and things that they have to, just to fit in um, with the localities and the geographies and the cultures that they operate in, which is pretty much all. Um, And that you're right there. That will be interesting to watch because um, it will um, Microsoft, no doubt. I mean, not Microsoft, McDonald's, no doubt will put um, this technology to the test and say, okay, just how flexible can you be? Just how well can you meet our customers across, <clears throat> across borders um, and across cultures? And, um, uh, you know, from what we've seen in other parts of voice, it's ready for that.
1: So, yeah. so the other thing which is like, which is good news for us is if McDonald's is going to do it, then all the other fast food restaurants or anyone who has these things, they have to get their own offering here. Right? Yeah. well that's exactly yeah exactly what do you do right
0: it is, so it's fun to think about um you know like the executive team at uh win yeah Burger King waking up this morning, and you know I'm sure they come into the conference room uh every morning and and put the crown put the Burger King crown on uh, or whatever they do, and um you know c e o walks in and says and, and is is mad and says uh you know you 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 know uh you, you guys have you guys have let me down. How can McDonald's do this and uh and we're behind, you know, how dare you? Um and then they just scurry out of the room and figure out what, what AI voice company they're gonna acquire. Um yeah these these things have a cascade effect um when they happen and, and we just talked about it here. This didn't happen in a vacuum. You know, Brett's article VoiceBot's article mentions uh some important things but really in my mind this dates back to the sonic announcement over the summer um and um you know things you know you know one thing leads to another and no doubt this announcement will lead to several other things probably spanning far beyond the fast food space Um, and it's all good
1: yeah i think i'm super excited because you know in our in our vision with alan is we want to democratize voice it's just not like, you know, McDonald's ordering using voice. It's Burger King, it's Wendy's, you know, it's uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. All of them should be ordering voice, you know, with voice, right? Enabling, right? Yeah. So our vision is there should be a platform that enables all these enterprises to bring voice to the forefront. And that is what we, that's the problem we are solving at Allen. And we are getting a good uptake in a few enterprises right now. Uh, it's very exciting to see that. Once you get acquired, Ramu, just
0: uh, remember the little people and still be willing to take my calls. Okay?
1: (laughs) No, I think uh, there is a lot lot more value and a lot more interesting technology to build here because the evolution of AI, probably like you know uh, of of deep learning and machine learning technologies, especially for voice, has really crossed the I would say like a tipping point in 2016, 2017 when the speech recognition accuracy has gone up, right? Yeah. And now uh, newer technologies are coming in. Uh, I mean, one of the things which we pioneered in our company is something called uh, dynamic learning. We instantly learn based on the context, you know, uh, and what's the language he uses, and that gives us a much better experience. So in the evolution of voice, right, the AI is really helping it make it more and more valuable with all the accents, noise, and you know what they do, and For making sure. life easy so that they don't have to get trained at all. They just just talk to it.
0: I think every company in this space looks at this looks at a story like this and it puts a smile on their face. You got a little bit more of a spring in your step, because as long as you're doing you know. As long as you're iterating and evolving and, and continuing to improve your technology and building off of what you got, um, your day is gonna to come too. Because the reality is there's just not enough expertise in this space to satisfy the demands of all the companies that are gonna need it. Um so what does that mean? That means uh, you know, good things are ahead for the majority of the companies in the space. So that's it's a beautiful thing what you're doing and uh, you need to keep doing it because uh, people will see McDonald's and uh, they'll wonder how they miss the boat and they'll have to make acquisitions to catch up. I'm going to uh, go on to story number three. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah. From Fast Company. Amazon will let anyone answer your Alexa questions now. And this touches a little bit on what we already talked about with story number one um, and sort of the nature of information in the voice landscape. What, what were your thoughts when you saw what Amazon's doing here?
1: Yeah, actually, this is, I mean, in my perspective, this is a very interesting uh, way for, this This is a very interesting problem that has to be solved. See, with voice, right, we expect, that, as you said, Bradley, before, the brevity of the answer, and, you know, you want to get to the point very quickly, right? We say what states around Illinois, you know, you can list the states right and if you type that in google you get like you know okay some questions and you, you kind of make the answer up with uh, looking at the first few um first few responses from google and uh you you kind of piece the story together for yourself right whereas when you ask a a, a voice voice interface hey what are the states surrounding illinois you just want a very precise answers Like, you know, hey, these are the four states, you know, it's Wisconsin and, you know, it is like, you know, the South is the state, so on and so forth, right? So that's the kind of answer Amazon is trying to create. But there are two challenges here. One is, how do you define the brevity here, right? Very simple, right? In the text world, Google has pioneered this thing called feature snippet, where If someone authority of this question can answer it, they'll put it up there. Sometimes they bring the future snippet from Wikipedia, sometimes from some other authenticated source, right? So Amazon is trying to create some parallel mechanism like that for the Alexa platform. So if you're the authentic person who can speak about like Tennessee, right? They will give you the voice so that you can answer that question and that comes up as an Alexa answer. So that is very good. Uh, but it's a very hard problem to solve. Very, very hard problem to solve.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting, and it. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a couple of different ways you could sort of view this. I think if you, I think you could certainly view it as a shot across the bow from Amazon, not just to Google but also to people like wikipedia quora, yeah. quora um other places where <clears throat> you know it's generally accepted it's more likely than not that the information is good um and um because right now you know as we were talking about earlier these voice assistants they, you know you ask a question that's information based that you, you know, you would want a featured snippet. You like the, the states that border Illinois is a perfect example. Maybe that's something that somebody has thought about and put on the web, or maybe it's not. But regardless, if you ask that question, you don't want a lot of editorializing. You know, you don't necessarily have to say this state, this state, this state that I'd have to test my geography. I don't even know if I could name those. Like, what are, what are they? Indiana, Wisconsin? I don't know what, what one's on the, see, I don't know uh, what one's below it. Is it, Kentucky is Ohio. I don't, my geography is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can answer for Tennessee, maybe. Um, But um, uh, whatever those states are, you don't want a lot of editorializing. It's to get to the point. You can either list them or you can restate the question and list them. And then that's about, that's about the range of acceptable answer. Um, And with what Amazon's doing, um, if they can compel people um, and maybe learn from what a quora has done from for example or Wiki, or even Wikipedia um, and create a scenario where most of the information coming in is reliable. Uh, they just blew a huge hole in Google's business and some of these in some of these other companies because now you're talking about uh, the number one <clears throat> voice assistant in terms of market share across the world, um, uh, not needing information from the web, uh, the traditional web sources, nearly as much. That, that's a pretty profound game changer if they get it right.
1: Yeah, as you said, like, you know, uh, just to answer the question of which are the states around Illinois, hmm. it's Indiana, it's Wisconsin, it's Michigan, and, you know, huh? these are the states around, right? That's the answer. Keep, has-
0: keep going. Keep going. That's not all of them. Michigan. Michigan. I forgot about Michigan. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I, just, I just looked it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then, um, uh, so. but I think it's a very good uh, uh, foresight by Amazon to saying that the new sources of information, um, other than the internet, right? If it can be created from other sources, it's good, but it's a very hard challenge in two aspects, right? One is the information has to be very accurate, right? Otherwise, people will lose faith in it. What the heck this thing is answering, right? Right? I don't trust it, right? The second thing is um, the, as you said, like the brevity of the information too, right? How you answer the question in a precise manner, it's also a lot of work. It's a lot of, uh, a little bit of, uh, I would say like, you know, uh, some of these questions can be compiled and, you know, most commonly asked question, right? And augment the answers they have with something new but it's a uh, it's both is a problem both on authenticity as well as like the brevity part of it too. It's going to but be a good hope. try, you know. Amazon could try like to create new alternative sources, uh, but I think it's going to be a tall order. Because well, the more questions you can ask your voice assistant is anywhere from what's the weather today to states surrounding Illinois to anything you can ask, right?
0: Yeah, well, and, and yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. And, and the article, interestingly, you know, just to close the book on this, I, I think it's interesting that it, the article really doesn't touch on what if it goes the other direction? So if Amazon is successful in cultivating um, a rich, new source of quality uh, information, what if... Is that what if other people want to access that? What if Wikipedia and Quora and Google, all the old players, want to access that new source of information? Is Amazon going to let them, or are they going to say no? You know, get get on out of here. Um, it opens up a it, it it opens up a surprising amount of, of questions, um, and it'll it'll be fun to watch. It um, it's not necessarily something that I saw coming that they would do this, but. Um, it's, uh, I think it's good. Um, I think it, it, it signals that they understand perhaps what one of the weaknesses of the ecosystem is and something, it's not necessarily a weakness, it's just something that needs continuous improvement. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And, um, uh, I think it's, I think it's great. So I'm in, I'm in agreement with you and, and we'll, we'll leave that there and go to our last story of the week. We like to end with something sort of interesting and this is, the truly baffling case of the ancient Voynich manuscript. I had no clue about anything about this. Um, and I just found it interesting. I, I want to just get your thoughts. What, uh, will Anything in particular stand out uh, about this
1: story to you? Yeah, I think, yeah. You know, I mean, this is a language. It's a script where, like, you know, where the person draws the picture and, you know, there's a whole bunch of... Um, Text around, not text, a whole bunch of uh, characters around it describing what the picture is about right and uh, and this is a very good uh, uh, use case they're trying to see like what can AI and you know computers do when you have such an old manuscript right where the alphabet is not well understood at the same time the pictures have a meaning to it, right right yeah and what, there are two things I can read from it, Bradley. number one is. You know the AI technologies are good to understand only patterns. AI is more like you know statistically inferring what is right, right? Yeah. So yeah. So these guys uh, from the book, he, the, from the video I saw, he can make out like you know, hey, what these characters meant, what these alphabets look like, right? In that language, because there is enough pattern, right? We have enough pages with that kind of a content. you can say this is how it looks like, right? Beyond that, he's trying to make out like, you know, hey, this this looks like a Turkish language. This is what it meant like, you know. This is like, you know, I think the semantics of the language. I think it's a tall order to for computers to understand the semantics of any language. Semantics comes from how you interpret things, right? You Right? We are using English now, this old ancient language. I don't know.
0: It. Uh, yeah. It it is interesting. I I completely agree with your, your sentiment. It's like, it's interesting just to, to, to hear what this is. I'm going to read from the article uh, about it, but um, this sort of gets thrown at the feet of AI. Like this is AI's fault um, that we don't know what this is when really it's no one in the history of humanity has understood what this book is. So why do we think our computers are going to all of a sudden? And just uh, to read out of this, what this thing is, this Voynich manuscript, it contains over 113 unidentified plant species. So again, I'm going to say that again. It contains over 113 unidentified plant species, astrological drawings of zodiac symbols, images of what appear to be pregnant women waiting in fluids, and sketches of over 100 species of medicinal herbs and roots complete with watercolors and continuous pages of text that might be recipes with flowers marking the margins. The delightfully bizarre book known as the Voynich Manuscript dates back to the 15th century, and no one knows what the hell any of it means. (laughs) So, you know, if you're a... um, if if you if you believe there's uh, extraterrestrial life out there maybe they brought this here i don't know but uh it's it's interesting to see stuff like this and um the fun thing i think about when i read something like this is you know they've got a problem and they're trying to use ai to solve it and i think that there's um valuable things in that but um it it uh makes me think of the day, and maybe this is already taking place, where AI and machine learning is um, capable of telling us things, you know, almost sort of proactively. You know, computer, we're going to get to the day where computers are telling us things about our world that change everything and you know we'll it will have a lot of data get ingested into these ai and machine learning systems and the algorithms will process it and then they'll monitor things and uh, out will pop conclusions and um things that we're just not ready for and, yeah I think, um, it, yeah you know, i think i agree with you there like you know yeah.
1: but i think from having worked in uh, voice and ai for the last uh, few years my le- le- learnings are, you know, AI is uh, more like in a pattern matching thing, right? This looks like, uh, and this pattern matching is very good for voice and uh, and and vision too, right? And this pattern matching cannot understand semantics. Sure, what's behind it? Like, you know, should I take this? I mean, there is some the the the, the, the subject matter that is written there. I mean, that meaning of it and the inference of it, hey, what do I learn from this 15th century manuscript? that This is the medicinal plant to use for this use case, right? That interpretation, mankind only has to do with all the brains we have, right? And uh, linguistic experts, this whole area called computational linguistics, it's like understanding what's inside the sentence, super hard.
0: Well, what begins as pattern matching today will move into other things you know hopefully in our lifetime, but um, probably sooner than any of us expect, and it's just it's just fun to think about. Um, and um, more stories like this. It, it's fun to think about as AI makes these incremental step changes along the way, whenever they take place, five year, you know five days from now, five years from now, five centuries from now, you know, what will be able to be solved. Um, as this sort of stuff evolves and gets better, just out of the rudimentary nature it's in today.
1: Yeah. um, yeah. So, for example, in this case, the one-ish thing, right? The person who's familiar with the Turkish language kind of found the similarities between the scripts and, you know, the semantics of the Turkish language, and only he can interpret, like, this is how you speak in Turkish language means this thing, right? Mm. The semantics of it is only understood by those people who understand the Turkish language are equivalent to it, right? Computers? Impossible. I think it's very hard. At least beyond. I think it's going to be hard for, for them to recognize what those alphabets are. Yeah, that's, you give them enough, enough training, it'll figure out. Like, yeah, this looks like you know, this alphabet. Let's do it. Right? That part, they can do it and with very high confidence levels.
0: It's a good story for us to end on. Ramu, I'm appreciative of your time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and your expertise with not just me, but the audience as well. It is greatly appreciated.
1: Hey, awesome. Thanks, Bradley, for your time. And, you know, we would like to, as I mentioned earlier, Alan's vision is to democratize voice for any business application and, and uh, love to share more what we're doing in a future episode with you. Absolutely. And we'll include information
0: about Alan uh, and a link where you can go to their site and learn more in the show notes uh, and on the uh, website for the episode. For this week in voice, season four, episode three. Thank you for listening and watching. If you're watching on YouTube until next time.